This is the Retirement Playbook with your retirement coach, Brock Elspa. Even if they don't offer the Roth 401k, don't make that an excuse not to save money in there, right? Because you want to take advantage of any kind of match at all. It's, it's free money, 100%. So we want free money first. And your retirement cheerleader, Danielle Elspa. Yeah, the best, um, I think, statement we ever heard was you move from forever tax to never tax. Together, they form your retirement offensive line from innovative financial solutions. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle Elspa. All right, welcome into the Retirement Playbook brought to you by Innovative Financial Solutions. We are the retirement people. I did it all by myself, you did. but I do have a co-host here. Her <laughs> name is Danielle. She's beautiful, and she is my wife. Aw, thank you. Good thank morning. you. Good morning. Okay, so uh, we're off to a, a start here on the weekend. Yes. Okay. Bright and early. Bright and early. And uh, we want you to contact us. Shoot us an email. Give us an idea of what you want to hear about. Mm-hmm. You know, we pick out different topics every week. They're all ones we want to hear about. And they're all ones we want to hear about. <laughs> Every once in a while, we'll get a suggestion. We but, do, we do. But we'd like to get some more emails from folks. So here's our email address. It's theretirementplaybook at gmail.com. Theretirementplaybook at gmail.com. It doesn't get any easier than that. Pretty easy. It's the name of the show at gmail.com. That's right. And so email us and, and give us some ideas and things that you want to hear about, and we'll discuss them on the air. Sounds great. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of getting a hold of us, though, they can get a hold of us at 332-7855. If there's something you hear that you say, I want to know more about that, just give us a call. Yep. You know, yeah, we're not going to be there on Saturday morning at 7 a.m., but leave a message and we'll call you back on That's Monday. Right. That's it's right. It's that simple. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then lastly, our website. Yes. Theinnovativeteam.com. That's yep. our company website. Uh, you can go on there and you can listen to this show. You can listen to past episodes for the last however many weeks. And all you do is go to our website, theinnovativeteam.com, click on find out more, and what else can they get? Yep, you can get our retirement income toolkit, a complimentary toolkit that we offer for anybody who's listening and wants some information on retirement planning. It has four great articles included in it, information like tax planning, legacy planning, social security strategies, information on our generational vault, which is our online program that we offer for all our clients, which is like a virtual safety deposit box. Great, great solution. Um, we get great feedback from our clients about that. So check it out. Awesome. Awesome. I, you know, I am so excited for today's show. I'm kind of when it comes to this, I'm I'm on a little bit on the nerd side, and uh, but but I I, I <laughs> it's truly, a very timely topic. It, it too. is a very timely topic, and what we're going to talk about today is this: we're going to talk about unstable markets, mm-hmm. volatility, and how to effectively handle it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because this year has been so volatile. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and I don't think that's going to slow down anytime soon. Well, I think I, the last couple of years were just so. Well, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, you know. we forgot <laughs> how easily we, forget. you know, we went uh, two years without having a correction. Yeah. In the markets. yeah and that's, that's crazy. just typically not the case. Usually every year we have between two and three, five to 10% re- corrections. And, and so, and we, and you know, we've had one this year, you know, back in, and then uh, March and April, we had a big correction in the market. Uh, people were afraid of inflation, you know, rates going up, uh, the, the trade, wars that you know the tariffs mm-hmm. those kinds of things so so that caused the market to have its blip in a correction and corrections are healthy i mm-hmm. mean that's just part of the market cycle right so so we're going to talk a lot about all of the volatility that's been happening why it's been happening what we expect and we have a great show lined up for you because we have a very very special guest coming mm-hmm. up as well we sure do he's going to take an entire segment i'm going to interview him for an entire segment so that's it i'm not telling you which one oh, it is. i was going to say is it a secret it's Who a it's secret gonna be? But he is on, can we tell everybody that he's on national news a lot? Oh, yeah. 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 So if he's a, he's if a you watch time. CNBC or yeah. uh, Fox Business. Bloomberg TV. Bloomberg TV. Mm-hmm. You've seen this guy. Yep. And I'm not even going to tell you who it is yet either. you got to stay tuned. It's going to be a super exciting show. You really though. need a drum roll. I know. I'm, <laughs> I am pumped about today's show. I, I hope know, everybody I else is too. Okay. So, again, we're talking more about uh, the volatility in the market. We know that market volatility isn't going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have a president that has a Twitter account, volatility is here to stay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
But um, it is important to make sure that you're prepared for the ups and downs and stay disciplined in your investment decisions. Mm -hmm. And I can't stress how important that word is. Mm -hmm. Discipline. Well, and I think when you come to to market and market risk, you know, you talk a lot about uh, we we mentioned the color of money a lot on the show, but you know, understanding what kind of comfort level you are as an investor. But you know, the market isn't a short term investment. Very good point. Yeah. So I think um, that's, and I think you know, most people understand that. Most people do, but some people when we talk about some of the key terms, one of the things I think we're well, talking about. I'll tell about, you who does it. It's the guy that comes in and says, <laughs> "I want to buy some gold." Yeah, and, that's and, and true. And that's all that's he true. wants. He doesn't yeah. want a plan. He just wants, yeah. I want to buy some gold. Just one thing. Or, yep. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, you need to go somewhere else because we just don't do that. Right, okay? right. You, you strategize. It needs to be right. a plan. Yes. Yep. Okay. So, my, but my point is, is that I think most people understand that investing is a long-term mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I'm going back to my point, as far as the word discipline, mm-hmm. it's so important because here's why. People say, okay, well, I've got a strategy. And I want to implement your plan, Brock, but I want to wait until, you know, X. But now what my point is, is that you've got to have the discipline to follow through with that plan. Mm -hmm. Don't be emotionally tied to that stock. Don't be emotionally tied to whatever it is. Okay. Get a plan. Execute the plan with discipline. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't. here's, Here's the main point, I think. Don't let your emotions get involved. Right. That's hard. It is hard. It is hard. I mean, you know, that's easier said than done, but you're right. But if you have a good it's plan like that you're confident this, in. Okay. Not that I would promote this or okay. anybody do this, but <laughs> it's, this like you're scary the, story? It, well, it's like you're at the casino. Uh huh. Okay. You're up money. Right. I would love to see the statistics on people when they go to a casino and how many people are actually up. And walk at out. One point, no. No. At, you're actually up at one point during the night or day or whatever uh-huh. you, when you go. And you walk out a loser. Like how many oh, how mm-hmm. many people of walking out of the casino actually are up at one point during the night? Is that the term they use left money on the table? No, well, no, no but, <laughs> but here but here's the correlation here. Uh-huh. They're letting their emotions and the uh the energy and mm-hmm. get a hold of them and say, Oh, this is gonna keep going, it's gonna get better. And same thing with the stock market. Hey, this is an reverse side of this as well. Everything's going down. It's so bad. I'm going to get out. Right. Well, that's the worst thing you can do. Absolutely. Panic. You know? Yeah. And so anyway, the, the so I'm just trying to make an analogy yeah. there. Don't let your emotions get involved with your plan and your strategy when it comes to investing. Agree. Done? Sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think one of the other things we're going to talk about is a key term on, you know, uh, what is a fear gauge? you know, kind of understanding that, you know, I think, um, you know, uh, when we come talk to the market, you know, people get scared and they get concerned. So talk to us like kind of what that is. So yeah, the, 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 the volatility index or the VIX, that's the fear gauge, um, that you were referring to. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a, it's a tradable option on the Chicago board of trade. Mm, okay. And it's based on how much the S and P 500, uh, is expected to fluctuate over the next 12 months. Okay. And I remember reading a story because, you know, like I said, it hadn't been very high. The volatility hadn't been very high, so the index hadn't been very high. And uh, there was a guy that I remember reading about that he made like $250 million because, you know, he had an option. If, if it was trading at 15 on the VIX, uh, he had an option that if it went up to 40, he was going to make the, the, you know, the spread there. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, he, for two years, this guy's sweating bullets, you know, going, oh, my gosh, I need the volatility to come back. He and wanted a correction. <laughs> he wanted a correction. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, you know, to me, that's just, I don't know. It does you, seem so a little odd. That's not seems, what most of us are watching. Exactly. And, <laughs> and it's not what most of us are rooting for, right? right? I mean, we don't want the volatility. We want it the smooth sail on up, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. So, so, you know, the, since we're... Go ahead. Do you, have, do you have prospects and clients with assets in the market that are affected by the sphere gauge? Are you seeing that? So, uh, many of the people that, that I actually meet with, mm-hmm. um, have a lot of money in the market, obviously, mm-hmm. right. um, they have other products as well and, and strategies. Um, but, uh, they are definitely because they're in the market mm-hmm. subject to the ups and downs. I mean, you know, that's the market. No, exactly. Yeah. So whether you're a, uh, a 80, 20, you know, 80% equities, 20% bonds, or you're 60, 40, or you're 30, 70, the other way, it doesn't matter. You're going to be affected 
by by what the VIX does because if it's going way up and it's spiking up, that means volatility's up and you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're more than likely, you know, you're going, going to see something happen. Yeah. You're on yeah. that roller coaster. So sometimes, um, it's because they were saving for retirement and needed the growth, mm-hmm. you know, enough to endure the market swings and corrections. That's why people invest in it, you know, and, and some people are more con- aggressive than others naturally. And that's okay. We can take that into consideration, but it's also based off of, you know, their age. Right. You know, right. And, and things like that. How so much you should have at risk. How much you should have at yeah. risk, which we've talked about our color money system mm-hmm. as well. And I think we'll hit on that a little bit later, too. Yep. I think um, we should. Uh, but because, you know, and a lot of people are just doing it because that's what they've always known. Right. Right. You know, that's what they've always been told and to do. And mm-hmm. uh, you can dollar cost average into the market, which then hopefully reduces some of that, you mm-hmm. know. So, like, in other words, dollar cost averaging is buying in at a regular interval whether that be quarterly or m- most of the time it's done monthly. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, hey, I got $5,000, Brock, or let's make it easy, $6,000, yeah. and I want to invest all that money. And instead of doing it all at once, why don't we put it into an account or you just keep it in your bank account and we'll do $500 a month for the next 12 months. So therefore, you're buying it at different levels. So in a volatile market like we've had, Man, that dollar cost average can really help you, mm-hmm. you know, because when it does go down, okay, fine. I bought in now at the lower rate, that $500 bought in at a lower price. And the whole theory behind it, it doesn't always work, but the whole theory behind it is, is that you'll eventually ended up at a lower cost basis or buy-in, quote unquote, uh, than to just buy it at all at once and with the 6000 Because you kind of rode the waves of the market, yeah. for lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if the market goes straight up and you, you know, you're doing right. that and you're going, right. hey, I should have just put all the $5,000 in. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, that's why I say it doesn't always work yeah. out. Yeah. But it is a very popular, well, think about it. People people have 401k. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they're doing. Right. Because you're putting money in every paycheck right. or every month, whatever that's works. That's a form yeah. of dollar cost averaging. Yeah, it is. You're okay. right. So it's a very common tool that people use mm-hmm. and it's a great way to guard against volatility. Mm-hmm. Okay, when it comes to investing in the markets. Great. Gosh, so we learned what the fear gauge is and we learned about dollar cost averaging in the market. We did. And uh, the fear gauge being measured by the VIX. Yep. So now you know what the I VIX know. is. If I ever say VIX. That's right. I'll be like, oh, V-I-X. I know. It's <laughs> kind of fun just to say <laughs> VIX. So anyway. It's okay. early on Saturday. I know. Whew. All right. Let's get back on track. So uh, that's it for this segment, though. We're going to wrap up this one. We're going to go on to the next segment. We might have our special guest next segment. Ooh, okay. You've got to be paying attention. All right. Okay? All, all right. right. It's all next on the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from Innovative Financial Solutions by visiting theinnovativeteam.com or by calling us at 573-332-7855. And now back to the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle Alspa. All right. Welcome back to the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle, brought to you by Innovative Financial Solutions. We are the retirement people, and we are so excited for this show because we've been talking about volatility, and we all know that that's a common theme for this year in the markets. Well, we've brought on a very special guest here. His name is Mike Binger. He's the Senior Portfolio Manager for Gradient Investments. And he's here to talk to us about some of the volatility that we've seen in the markets. And then I'll ask him some other questions. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So, you know, again, we've been talking about volatility here this morning and how Mm -hmm. it affects people and their portfolios and their retirement dreams and goals. So tell us a little bit about what you've been seeing this year so far. Yeah, I I think one of the themes that we've really been talking a lot about this year and we've been witnessing is that volatility in the markets are back. And and really what volatility means, because it's kind of a commonly used terms and people are saying, well, what is volatility? Volatility in my definition is how many days do we have where markets move up or down more than 1%? And this year we've seen a lot more of them than we have last year. Um, But I want people to keep in mind that 2016 and 2017 Um, Those were low volatility years, 
and they were also historically low volatility years. Mm -hmm. So the volatility we're seeing this year is more normal than abnormal. It's just that we kind of forgotten what volatility was because we haven't seen it in a while. Right, right, right. So in the first segment, I actually talked about what we call the fear gauge and uh, the volatility index or VIX, if you will. Do you mm-hmm. guys use that quite a bit in your analysis of when you're deciding when to get into different sectors and whatnot? Yeah, we really don't. Um, you know, the, the VIX is it, it's used a lot, and I don't think a lot of people really understand what it is. <laughs> well, that, isn't that okay. the majority of the situations that you run into probably? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we don't pay a lot of attention to it because it's really, it, it, it's it, it's looking, it's a short-term indicator, but it's still a historical short-term indicator. And really all it does is it just measures when markets tend to spike, the VIX tends to go up. And it's really more of a fear gauge than a volatility gauge, in my opinion. Right. And, you, you know, we don't use it because it's up one day and down the next and it moves around a lot. And, and it and it shouldn't affect, you know, how people think longer term, you mm-hmm. know, trying to reach their objectives or make security selections or portfolio construction and those kind of things. So the answer, quick answer is no, we don't use that a lot in our analysis. Awesome. Great answer. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we're always reading about uh, and it's there's a lot of commercials on TV about is fees, and it seems to me that a lot of the fees on these internal investments, you know, you always see Vanguard, Schwab, all these companies are coming out with lower fees. Is that something you're experiencing as well when you're deciding, hey, there's there's all these different mutual funds and ETFs and all these kinds of things? Is that something you guys look at for sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I mean. One of the objectives as managers is you want to keep your clients' costs as low as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a couple of things to consider: um, when you have a when you own a stock portfolio, there's zero internal fees as far as as the management fees of the positions you hold. Sure. Um, when you use ETFs or exchange traded funds. Um, the first consideration you should always have is, am I gaining the right exposure to the asset class that I want to gain exposure to? Right. Is this the proper ETF to use, invest? Is it timely? Is it fundamentally appropriate? Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, there has been just a proliferation of ETFs out there. Um, each asset class generally has a multiple, you know, multiple ETFs gaining exposure to that asset class. So, secondly, you want to, you know, try and pick the most cost-effective ETF that you use. Right, right, right. Definitely. So, fees coming down, making sure you're investing in the right sectors for you and and to meet your goals and objectives. That's definitely the bottom line message here. So, um, okay, moving on. I have a question about. Um, you know, the, the Department of Labor, you know, we've talked about it on our show a lot. They try to come out with a fiduciary rule. Uh, that's been since put to bed, seems like. And now the SEC has its own rule that's going to be coming out. And this is what I've been preaching is, look, it's coming about. And some of this is good stuff. And I know this isn't maybe exactly pertaining to what you do every day on a daily basis. But what I was curious about and what I think our listeners would be curious about is how does that how does the new, the fiduciary rule, does that have any impact on your world when it comes to being an investment manager for folks' money? Yeah, absolutely. And I think actually we should talk about it in a broader sense, Brock, in our partnership and how we work together. Sure. I mean, as a registered investment advisor, you are already legally bound to put your clients' interests first. Absolutely. So from a local advisory firm, I mean, you're obligated, and not just by some ethical ob- obligation, by a legal obligation to put your clients first. That's part of being a registered investment advisor and being independent. Right. Okay. Then from from my perspective as an investment manager who's constructing portfolios and and, and you know selecting stocks and, and ETFs and asset classes within these portfolios, um, I'm what's called a CFA which is a chartered financial analyst. And by having that designation, I'm bound to do what's best for clients myself. Right. So I think, you know, your listeners and your clients can feel comfortable that they have two layers of fiduciary responsibilities when they work with you. And you know, what's funny about that, Mike, is that, you know, I've, we've talked about it on the radio show. I talk about it in my workshops and those kinds of things. 
And it's like, hey, I've been a fiduciary your entire career. And the basis of that rule to say you've got to have your best, your client's best interest first is amazing to me that we have to have the, any kind of rule in the first place, you know? Well, it really is. And, <laughs> you know, just like any other industry out there, the investment industry has its, you know, historical black marks on it. And because of that, rules are implemented and made and crafted. And th- their objectives are to make the industry better, more ethical, and, and and really to do what's best for the client. Which is a good thing, right? So It's a very good thing, yes. Okay, so uh, let's get back to volatility because sure. I'm sorry I get sidetracked sometimes. Um, when you're talking about the volatility of this year so far, what have you seen as, as opportunities or disappointments or anything that you want to discuss when it comes to volatility so far this year? And, and for that matter, for the markets altogether. Yeah, yeah. So l- let's talk about what we've really seen in the markets this year. And what we've really seen is a whole lot of nothing so far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, when you look at asset classes and stock markets and bond markets and, and, and different investments, not just in the U.S., but globally, um, most things are kind of negative 2% to positive 2%. Okay. Gotcha. So, so I'm just going to put one term on it. Returns are lackluster this year. Okay. And and it's funny because people ask me, they say, Mike, what's wrong? And I go, what do you mean what's wrong? They say, well, I'm down 1%. <laughs> I kind of chuckle a little bit, but I go, you know, nothing's wrong. People's, you know, people's memories tend to be mm-hmm. short. And the second thing investors tend to do is they tend to extrapolate what's happened the last couple of years into perpetuity. So they've gotten used to these strong returns they saw in 2016 and 2017, and mm-hmm. they just expect those in 2018 and 2019. That's not how investment markets work. That's not how stock markets work. And frankly, we were due for a little consolidation. So there's generally reasons attributed to consolidation or you know lack of a upward price movement. This year, we've had a couple of things that, that's happened. Was The biggest thing is trade tariff mm-hmm. discussions and rhetoric. Um, in our opinion, what's been proposed and what's been implemented so far are, are, are far apart. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's our opinion that we feel that the trade tariff discussions and rhetoric are going to be more bark than bite. But for now, they're at the forefront of investors' minds, and that's, you know, in my opinion, increasing the volatility and putting a pause in the market. The second thing is, is that interest rates have gone up this year. Um, and when I talk about interest rates, I, I'll refer to the 10-year Treasury sure, note. Sure. That's really kind of the bell bellwether interest rate that everything kind of moves against. That's gone from, you know, closer to 2% to closer to 3% this year. Mm-hmm. So that has people getting a little concerned. But to me, that's okay because the long-term average of that 10-year interest rate is about 4%. And that's really so kind of where you, you would you would want to see it, right? For a strong economy or across the board, long-term. Yeah. Somewhere around in that yeah. range? Okay. Yeah. And, and more of the point, though, is that we're, we're – Yes, we're, we're rising, but we're rising off historically low rates. And if we're rising because the economy is strong and corporate America is doing well and consumers are doing well, I'm okay with that. Where I might get alarmed is as we get somewhere between that 4% and 5% rate on the 10-year treasury. And at that point, I might worry about, well, our interest rates going to choke off the economy. Gotcha. And as of yet, not at all. Not at all. Um, okay. The other thing, the, the, the last thing that people are starting to think about a little bit is inflation. And we haven't had to worry about inflation for, frankly, 10 years. But this year, inflation is ticking up ever so slightly. Um, you know, unemployment rates are, are historically low. Uh, wages are starting to grow. Oil has gone from, you know, the, the 50s into the 70s. Um, tuition keeps going up. So there's a little bit of pressure, uh, upward pressure on inflation. Um, but it's not at anywhere near yellow flag levels. In fact, the Federal Reserve feels that inflation at about a two and a half percent clip is, is really healthy of a, a, a is really indicative of a healthy economy. Okay, we're right between two and a half two and two and a half percent right now. So that we're watching it, but there's certainly no reason to raise a red flag. So, so all these things are pretty constructive for the stock markets. So we still feel. That we're going to see about a you know a, a four five six seven percent kind of mid single digit return in the U.S. markets this year. Awesome. So, so the bottom line is is everybody needs to chill out, and when it comes to what the markets are doing, and they're pretty much like you said stagnant, kind of flat, a little bit down, a little bit up. But we just relax because the the numbers 
of what everybody you know makes a big deal about are starting to be normal. Is that right? That, that, that that's right. Okay, that's right. Okay. So in a lot of investors' mind. You know, any change is negative until proven good. <laughs> um, so, as are a lot of things in life. Right. But we look at we look at the backdrop. We see a strong economy. We see corporate America and the companies that we invest in. They're doing very well. Um, their profits are being boosted by tax reform. And finally, because stock prices have stagnated and earnings have gone up valuation measures of the market, the stock market's actually got a little bit cheaper in the past six months. Right. And so all in all, constructive backdrop. You know why I love talking to you, Mike? Because you have the ability to explain things where all of my listeners and everybody that I know understand. So thank you so much for that. And You're very welcome, and uh, please have me back again sometime. I will. Thanks for joining us here this morning on the Retirement Playbook. Take care. Most people plan on taking their Social Security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call Innovative Financial Solutions at 573-332-7855 or visit theinnovativeteam.com to request your complimentary Social Security Maximization Report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. And now back to the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle Alspa. Welcome back to the Retirement Playbook, brought to you by Innovative Financial Solutions. We are the retirement people. And why do we say that? Because it's true. This is what we do for folks. We help them plan for the retirement, live through the retirement, and pass on the retirement to the beneficiaries. Everything we do is retirement-oriented, whether it's an investment plan or an insurance plan, tax plan, uh, legacy planning, whatever it is, it all revolves around that almighty retirement plan, okay? Retirement is what we do. So if you're interested, if you hear anything on this show that you would like to hear more about, or if you're interested in our philosophy, if you're interested in anything that we're talking about here, we're giving you a chance. Call our office, 332-7855. Are we there? No. Call, leave a message. We'll call you on Monday. Schedule a time for you to come by for a free consultation. Excuse me, complimentary consultation. Okay, come on in. We'll talk about your situation. There may be something I can do to make a recommendation to help you, and there may not be. You might be doing everything perfect, and that's what I'm going to tell you because let me tell you something. If anybody will tell you anything about me, this probably just tell you that I'm very straightforward, okay? I'm not a jerk. I'm not uh, mean. I'm just straightforward. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, okay, not what you want to hear, and that's really what it comes down to. Okay, enough. I'm off my soapbox. You could probably tell by now that my lovely co-host, Danielle, is not with us anymore for this show. She had to leave. Don't worry. It's not an emergency. We're fine. Everything's good. She just had to leave. So I'm doing the rest of the show here by myself, me and you together on an island, and it's called Retirement Paradise. We're going to help you get there. All right. So here we go. We've been talking about volatility, okay? Volatility in the markets. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because absolutely investing is something you're doing to achieve your retirement goals. And a lot of times you're investing in the stock market or have investments associated with the stock market. So it's something that is definitely very relevant. You want to hear about what's going on in the markets. And definitely the bottom line theme for 2018 so far has been volatility. And really, it hasn't been as volatile as you might think. Yeah, we had a big correction early on, a 10% pullback um, early on in the year, you know, March, April timeframe, February. But, you know, compared to the normal years, it's, it's normal. I mean, this is right in line. But as Mike Binger said a couple segments ago or a couple minutes ago, is, is, is it's been, you know, uh, an up and down market. You know, some segments are down a little bit, some segments are up a little bit, but it's been a pretty stagnant market, okay? And so the volatility that we've had is normal, I guess is what I'm really trying to get at here. And so um, uh, uh, things like the correction that we had, that 8 to 10% pullback, it's healthy. It's good. It's part of the natural market cycle, okay? So don't be afraid of volatility. Don't be afraid of corrections. Use them as opportunities. Use them as, well, and specifically when we're talking about opportunity, you heard Mike say it. Look, 
Valuations are more in line now with where they should be. Their stocks are cheaper than where they were at the beginning of the year. Okay, so use these opportunities, okay, to your advantage. And one other thing I'm going to say about you know the volatility that we've had, and we've talked about the fear gauge. We've talked about um, you know the the Mike talked more about why we have volatility and 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 the three reasons, basically inflation and and uh, the tariffs and um, you know just things going on in the world that are not in favor of a short-term gain, but we have a lot of fundamentals in our economy uh, that are positive. Uh, you know, employment rate is still really low, below 4% nationally. Uh, tax rates are lower, okay? So we have tax rates that are a lot lower now for corporations. What does that mean? That means that their bottom lines have increased, folks. And when they increase, stock prices go up, okay? Because they're making more money. All right, and 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 they're pumping money into their employees' bank accounts via bonuses. You saw 250 companies issue a minimum issue bonuses almost right away after after they made the announcement. Okay, so the big corporations giving bonuses, thousand dollars. Can you imagine somebody making, you know, fifteen bucks an hour? A thousand bucks is a lot of money, and let's you know face it, that's a good boost to that local economy wherever they live. So. Things are happening, folks. The economy is good. The things that we're doing uh, are good, and and for the most part. Now I know there's certain sectors like you know let's put it let's 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 call a spade a spade here. You got companies like Toys R Us that are just going out of business. Well, that's part of the natural market cycle too. Why? Because somebody invented Amazon. So that's really part of the natural cycle that we're talking about when it comes to different. Uh, industries. Okay. Progress. Here we go. Things evolve. That means other things fall off and it's part of the natural cycle. So, sorry, I got off a little bit there, but you know how I am. I do that. And that's okay because it's my show and I can do that. So here we go. We have our show, excuse me, I should say our show. We have volatility. It's here to stay. Um, It's not that bad. Um, I think right now, you know, we're, we're in the middle of earnings season, as they say, when companies are reporting earnings, and, and things are, are good, okay? So <clears throat> it, does that mean that you should go out and put all of your money in the market and watch it just grow all the time? No, no. That's why we have things and tools and strategies like our color of money system where we break money into three different colors so you can understand it and it makes sense to you. We have red money, we have yellow money, and we have green money. Green money can't go down in value due to things like the stock market. Red money can't, or excuse me, uh, yeah, red money can, can go down, up and down in value, okay? But over time, maybe has a better potential, maybe, to go higher than green money. And then yellow money is a combination. So you have it's really not a combination. It's really yellow money, or excuse me, red money that is being more professionally managed. You have someone looking after what's going on in the market. Let's make adjustments. This stock is out of favor. Let's put this one in. Let's adjust the risk tolerance based on what's happening in your life. And that's what a company can do that is uh, not only looking after what's going on in the market, not only uh, that has a the, uh, the ability and the fortitude to say, this is what we're going to do, and here's why. That makes differences, folks. Okay? So when we're talking about the color of money, we want to make sure that your mix of colors is right for you. Who cares what your neighbor is doing? Who cares what uh, emerging markets are doing when the market, the, the S&P, the domestic markets are down and up and vice versa. Nobody cares, okay? And what you really need to focus on is, is your color money the right mix of color, first and foremost? And we want to make sure that you're taking the, the um, appropriate amount of risk for you. Because not only is your age different than your neighbors, but your risk tolerance is different. You may not be able to stomach getting a statement showing that your account balance is down $30,000. Your neighbor says, that's part of the deal. I understand it, and it's okay. So we got to adjust. 
It's just like everything else in life. We need to adjust to make sure that what we're doing for you. Now, if I come to you and say, hey, eh, you don't have enough money, you're going to have to accept the fact that your account balance is going to go down that much because we need to get this thing ramped up. So you got to take a little bit more risk because you're getting close to retirement age. Does that make sense? I think it does. So really, when we're talking about the color of money, it's very customized. We want to get a score associated with your color to say, this is how much risk you should take. Now, what do we do from there? Because the color of money risk analysis, that by the way, you can take at mycolorofmoney.org, mycolorofmoney.org. Go to that website. It's 11 questions, for crying out loud. Go to that website. Take the 11 questions. It's going to give you a score. In fact, it can take it a step further, and you can uh, actually generate your own username and password for our generational vault service that will show you what your score is and what it means. Then we say, okay, you've got this score of 50. So 50% of your money needs to be in yellow and red, and the other half needs to be in green. Is that the end-all, be-all? No. Is that the only thing that you should pay attention to, and so you should strictly follow the color of money? No. It's a general guideline to help you defend against the volatility like we've had this year. So really, it's understanding, okay, first and foremost, yeah, I'll get my color of money score, but now what do, how do we actually do this? How do I invest this money? Then we take it a step further. And we introduce people like Mike Binger to your world. And let me tell you something. It makes a big difference. When you have somebody that manages $2 billion or close to it and knows that he, and his, him and his team have been in the business. In fact, he's been in the business for over 30 years. Or actually over 25, excuse me. Let me be correct here. Over 25 years, his whole team has been almost have 100 years of experience. The senior management team there. You can have someone that manages your money to, the, to, to exactly the way you need to be managed, and it's customized. Now we're on a track to make progress. Okay? So, so make sure that you understand this whole process. And the reason I'm bringing all of this up is because we're talking about, and this entire show is all about talking about the guarding against the volatility that we've had. Okay? This year. So if you are not concerned about it at all, fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. You don't, you don't need to work with an advisor. You don't need to work with a Mike Binger. You don't need, you, you've got it all figured out. Do it yourself. That's fine. If you're comfortable with that and you think that's the best thing for you, then do it. But what we're talking about on this show is dealing with an unstable market, and there's ways to do that. First step, and there's one of the things that we talked about on the first segment of the show was dollar cost averaging. Buying in at different times, that can really help you over time. Guard against markets being in a roller coaster fashion like they have been. Color of money, understanding your color of money and how it can, uh, you know, makes a difference in your world. You don't want to have all your money in red, do you? Maybe you do. Maybe you want to have it all in green. Maybe you want to have it some in yellow. Maybe how, you don't know how or what percentage of each you should have. We can help you with that. The color of money system can do that for you. It's a guideline, folks. It's not the end-all, be-all. It's not exactly what we're going to follow, but it's going to give you a general guideline as to what you should do. Third, there are certain types of products and solutions out there that can also help in an unstable market. We're going to talk about that next right here on the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle. In today's volatile environment, making sure your assets are properly aligned with your financial goals has never been more important. At Innovative Financial Solutions, we use this simple 11-question survey to help you gain insight into your financial profile. Armed with your score, we can help you make decisions about your asset allocation in retirement. To learn more about this valuable self-assessment, visit mycolorofmoney.org to get your score or give us a call today at 573-332-7855. And now back to the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle Alspa. Okay, welcome back to the final segment of the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle. Brought to you by Innovative Financial Solutions. We are the retirement people. We know retirement like the back of our hand. 
You know, we've been talking about volatility today, and we've had an awesome show here. We've had Michael Binger from Gradient Investments. What a smart, smart guy he is. I've had the pleasure to actually get to know him a little bit. And, um, you know, he's if you watch CNBC, if you watch Fox Business News, he's on there. You know, and it and it's really pretty cool to say, hey, I am hooked up. I am I have access to one of the smartest guys out there when it comes to investing and creating portfolios and creating investment strategies that can help you. And together, him, myself, his team, my team, we can help you. So if you're interested in hearing anything about what Mike talked about or some of the investment strategies, or some of the things that we're doing to help people with the volatility, which is the name of our show, Dealing with an Unstable Market today, give us a call, 332-7855, 332-7855. Look us up on the web at the Innovative Team, theinnovativeteam.com. You can also, uh, last segment I referred to another website, mycolorofmoney.org. It's a great place to start to understand how much volatility and how much risk you should be taking in your portfolio. We've got the tools, folks. It's easy. All you got to do is pick up the phone or look us up on the web or shoot us an email at theretirementplaybook at gmail.com. It's that simple. You don't have to go out this alone. The first thing I'm going to tell you to do when it comes to dealing with an unstable market and any uh, environment really is to begin by creating an investment strategy. Okay. It's not just, Hey, let's throw 5% of our money in a 401k because the company's going to match it. Um, everything's going to be rosy in retirement. No, get a plan, get an investment strategy, get a plan, understand the risk associated with it and accept it and don't change unless something changes in your life. My point is to that is don't change based off of emotion because of something that's happening in the market. Stay disciplined. An investment strategy is defined as having a set of rules, behaviors, and procedures that guide an investor to select an appropriate investment portfolio that best fits their specific situation. There it is. There's the definition. Okay? So if you know what you've done is appropriate, if you know what you've done is the right thing, if you know what you've done is the right produces the right behavior and it's going to produce the right results, then don't make changes. Okay? Based on what's going on. Emotional changes, in other words. Of course, life happens, and if something happens in your life, you need to maybe change some things, and that's fine. Reevaluate every year. For sure. No question about it. I'm just saying, and I think you get the point. Don't make emotional decisions based on what's going on in the market. Okay, so we know that we have to create an investment strategy if we want to be successful. But what do you have to do? How do you do that? And I think the first thing you have to ask yourself is, how much risk are you willing to take? Second thing is, how much safety do you need and want in your portfolio? And how much is right? So getting back to how much risk are you willing to take? So just so you understand, the high risk tolerance, we have medium risk tolerance, we have low risk tolerance. So let me just explain to you the definition of this. High risk tolerance. These investors can tolerate a short-term volatility of riskier investments like stocks because of the superior long-term returns those investments typically provide. Okay, so there's your definition of high risk. Medium risk. These investors typically have an even mix of investments that will likely grow in value, such as stocks, which provide higher risk, and bonds, which provide lower risk. I don't really think I'm telling you anything that you don't know, but just so you understand the actual definition of medium risk, there you go. Low risk. These investors are conservative and typically will put their money in lower risk investments that will provide a steady stream of income without the prospects of high returns over time. That's low risk tolerance, okay? I believe, it's my belief, that most people are in that medium risk tolerance. You know, that 60-40 split between stocks and bonds. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's what you should do. All I'm saying is, it's my opinion that most people are 
comfortable with the medium risk tolerance. Now, obviously, there's lots of people that are in the low risk tolerance and lots of people in the high risk, but I think for the majority of people, we're kind of in that medium risk level, okay? So understanding risk, how much can you take? We're going to, excuse me, how much risk are you willing to take? And it's all based off of your situation, okay? That's why we then take your color of money risk analysis score and we reply it to uh, what we call a compass report and how can those investments, based on some assumptions, obviously, that risk tolerance is probably going to provide, and we've got a bell curve that shows us this, the probability, in other words, of these returns happening between this and that, right? In other words, there's a 95% probability that it will be between negative 10 and positive 12. That's just an example. So, and, and that's a one-year rate of return, by the way. That's what that bell curve is. There you go. You don't even, I just saved you three hours of reading a book that you would never understand more than likely. So we, if we understand that the probability is that we'll average this based on this risk tolerance, now we can provide an income stream because that is what we're after. Is it not? What does all this mean from an investment perspective? Well, it really means is how much income can we create from the, from the investments and from the, the portfolio that we've created over time? How much income can we create and, and here's the big and, never run out of money or have the fear of running out of money, okay? And there are some specific or, excuse me, general guidelines there as well, you know, 4% rule. Don't take out more than 4% of your portfolio if you don't have the risk of running out of money. And that's actually now turning into the 3.5% rule. <laughs> you get the point. These are general guidelines. I'm not actually recommending this that you would follow all of these things because every situation is different. We have to say these kinds of things, you understand. <clears throat> and it's true, by the way. All right, so the first question is, how much willing, or excuse me, risk are you willing to take? Um, what's your magic number? <laughs> is there really a magic number? Okay, then... The second question is, and really that's the second question. I'm going to back up. I'm able to do that, right? Okay, so that's number two question. How much risk are you willing to take is number two. Number one is I'm going to back up because I think it's when do you want to retire. In other words, when are you going to start using this money? Because that is huge. We need to know that. We need to understand who you are and when you want to retire and how we're going to get you there. Because that answer may be totally different, even if you want to retire at the same age as your neighbor, right? You understand where I'm going with this? It's so customized because there's so many different variables, okay? Um, so when do you want to retire? That's a big question because both your age and your timeline for meeting specific goals has to be considered. When we're, you know, going through this whole process and evaluating your, your tolerance for risk. So if we realize that the, the tolerance for risk is a little bit higher than years like 2018, the one we're in, doesn't really matter, does it? Doesn't really matter. <clears throat> so it really makes a difference and it's really helpful to understand when you want to retire. Because if you're young, you have a long time to meet your goals, right? You have more time to ride that roller coaster. People that wanted to retire in 2000, 2001, and 2002, within the next two years, probably weren't able to do that unless, unless they had a plan and they understood risk and they understand that, ooh, I'm within five years of retirement. Now, I'm not saying I want to be all 100% conservative. but Maybe it should be a little bit more conservative, right? Who knows? Um, because there is the argument of, I've got the rest of my life to live. So it's not just about the next five years. It's not about the next three years, two years, whatever your situation is. It's about, hey, the rest of my life as well. 
So you have to consider that as well. See what I mean? There's so many variables to understand and accept to get to the right answer. And a lot of times, folks, there's not a right answer. You might be the right answer now, but it could change. And maybe we're going to change it for you. So when do you want to retire? Okay, first question. So that's a huge one. How much risk are you willing to take? Number two. Remember, I backed them up, switched them out. Uh, number three is what's your ability to handle a financial loss? I think we've covered that. Your emotional ability to handle a financial loss is an important factor as well. We don't want you pulling all of your money out because something happened in the economy or we're worried about trade tariffs or we're worried about inflation or worried about anything else and the market goes down 10 or 15 or even 20% temporarily. That's, what, that's really what we're talking about. We don't want you to do anything rash. We don't want to make emotional decisions when it comes to you and your finances. That's it. So dealing with an unstable market is all relative, isn't it? Isn't that what we've learned today? It's all relative. All right, folks, listen, it has been an, a, a very uh, big pleasure of mine to be able to sit with you every single week. I know I say that, but I really do mean it. I love doing this show. I hope that you're getting something out of it. If you are, shoot us an email at the retirement playbook at gmail.com. Say, keep the fight going. Or maybe say, <laughs> you need to stop altogether. Or maybe you're saying, hey, this is what I want you to talk about when you get on the air next time. All right, you've been listening to the Retirement Playbook with Brock and Danielle, brought to you by Innovative Financial Solutions. Everybody have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Playbook. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Brock and Danielle Alspa at Innovative Financial Solutions. Call 573-332-7855 or visit their website at theinnovativeteam.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Innovative Financial Planners, a registered investment advisor in the state of Missouri. Insurance products and services are offered through Innovative Insurance Consultants. Innovative Financial Solutions and Innovative Insurance Consultants are affiliated companies. Brock Alspa, Danielle Alspa, and Innovative Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.